And welcome back to the Part-Time Otaku Podcast. My name is Dave. My name's Grant. And it's Demon Slayer Day. Um, we're back covering Demon Slayer Season 2, Episode 10, or Episode 3 of the Entertainment District arc, depending, depending, <laughs> depending on how you look at that. Um, first and foremost, we're an anime-only podcast, so we haven't seen the manga. We're anime-only, so we don't know anything that you don't know. I um, want to give a quick shout-out to Northy Sauce, Reddit user Northy Sauce, for the badass Akaza thumbnail. So badass. Very, very cool thumbnail. Um, we always use that subreddit um, to find fan art, and it has not disappointed yet, so well done. Um, I'm going to read the synopsis for this episode, and then we can jump right into the plot and talk about what we thought. Let's do it. Alrighty, so, after arriving at the entertainment district, Tanjiro and his comrades infiltrate each house where Uzui's wives, Suma, Makio, and Hinatsuru work. While working as apprentices and searching for their whereabouts, Inosuke hears that Makio has been shutting herself away from everyone in her room. So yeah, um, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. (laughs) Um, I hope next week is as good as this. Dave, this is, honest to God, one of the best episodes of Demon Slayer, in my opinion. I thoroughly enjoyed this one. Yeah, man, this was uh, extremely well done. What a tonal shift, right? Like, this was really well done because last week, if you guys didn't listen, um, and if you watched that episode, which presumably you did, I think we both agreed it was quite heavy on the comedy. Um, and that's not a bad thing, but, like, the, the tone of that entire episode was comedic. And this could not be further from that. No. Um, La- last, week definitely, last week definitely felt like it was just trying to get us in the door... literally literally because this episode had a lot of horror elements and you know how how often does like a horror movie kind of starts to move laugh like teenagers laughing before like they're murdered and all that kind of thing like you know it's just i didn't think of it that way that's funny and all it was just comedy 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 got us into the element and this like from the get-go it was like dialed up like in a really really good way i again i have nothing but good things to say about this episode yeah, man. Um, I, I liked that Demon Slayer was able to like pull off this big tone change yeah. from episode to episode. It might have been a little bit weird if this was like a movie; it may not have fit. But I think like this is an, a this is a good example of like the weak break allowing like the audience a chance to reset. Yeah. Um, anyway, the, <laughs> and you know what I gotta say, um, especially like you know after this episode, and, and we'll get into the plot in a minute, but like. That ending theme, like the visual cues they do, mm-hmm. is so good. Yeah. Um, like all the red lights and all the windows, the people disappearing in the, their silhouettes in the windows. That mm-hmm. is really, really good. Aesthetic is just aesthetic overload. It's so funny because the OP is the opposite. It's flashy. It's, yeah. it's almost, it fits the tone of the show, but it's, you know, it, it's so contrastic to, you know, to the, to the ending, which I'm sure a lot of shows are like that, mm-hmm. but just... I think this episode really shone a light on everything, mm-hmm. like beginning to end. You know, this was the big show. This is fucking Demon Slayer, and I love yeah. it. Also, black and white cold open. Yes, and I wanted I wanted to talk to you about this because I know last week we were talking about the whole like the ending of you know are they going to jump right into Macchio and like is mm-hmm. you going to bust in the door? And we were kind of hoping of like just show us that action, just jump yeah. right in. But they didn't. They're like mm-hmm. they're making us work for it and. When it got to that point, which, again, we're, we're going to get to the plot in a moment. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to that specific moment. But, you know, it was like, oh, like they, it was just so paced so well. Yeah. Like, it's, I don't know. Really, 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 really good yeah. pacing. Yeah. The, the show really understands how to build uh, antagonists. Mm-hmm. Like, I've noticed that it's it's very, very good at that. And we'll, we'll get into that uh, more as we get some really fun scenes. 
Um, but yeah, strong opening. The guy that they have walk into the brothel or into the into the house, like, it's like someone said, okay, you need to draw a guy with dumb face. Well, he's... We've seen him twice already. Have we? Where? So, he's in the LP. He's yes. the guy that Zenitsu bumps in. And when... In the first episode, when they get to the Entertainment District, and Zenitsu... Or, sorry, uh, Inoscape, like, jumps off the wagon and kind of <sighs> runs pick. through the crowd... That's the dude, like, he kind of catapults. Oh, he, like, knocks over or, yeah, like, throws out of his way. Yeah. So it's, I wonder if this is just going to be, like, a continuing running gag. Of, you know, That's funny. Bump it into him, yeah. There's a, there's a, oh, God, I'm going to hate myself for getting this wrong. There's a running gag in Avatar The Last Airbender of a guy has a, like, a, a wheelbarrow of goods and he's in every he's in all these random cities and the protagonists just keep knocking over his wheelbarrow full of shit and he's always just stop my watermelons <laughs> and i think he's in like every season or every part of the sh- it's hilarious um, but yeah that is pretty funny i didn't i didn't actually notice that we saw this guy before so it's a good pick um, then uh, zenitsu has some really good moments this episode yeah stellar episode for him um, He's got his, like, superhuman hearing, sort of akin to Tanjiro's scent ability. Mm-hmm. So he's, like, one thing that is big on this episode that might actually make this harder to talk about is that there are a ton of edits. Like, there are a ton of cuts. Yes. Do you know what I mean? It's like, cut to Zenitsu doing this, and then we yep. cut over here. And then, Should we just talk about, like, everyone's arc? Would that maybe make it a bit easier? I think it'd be easier to break down the individual arcs, yeah. Because it's, like you said, it's constantly jumping, which works well it worked extremely well for the pacing um you know remind me of actually now that we put it this way is like do you remember that episode of attack on titan this is very specific season four called declaration of war yeah um spoiler alert for a season early season four attack on titan uh episode is they've got aaron in the basement and willie Mm -hmm. on stage and it's just back and forth back and forth and like it's so suspenseful it's so good you don't know which side of the story is going to jump first yeah yeah. Um, that this is sort of similar because we cut between Zenitsu and Inosuke and Tanjiro. It's actually not a very Tanjiro-centric briefly. episode. Yeah, very briefly. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about Zenitsu right off the bat because he had a really, really great episode. Um, he hears a girl crying. He has his he whole... He smells with his ear. Did you notice that? The way, he, the way his ear moves? It's almost his, like he sniffed His sound. ears twitch. <laughs> He's like, oh, what am I picking up here? Yeah. Um, so, so he gets himself into the room finds a little girl crying um, and is like trying to help her out when we get our first look at the demon. Mm. And I think, is that official? Well, I guess like we've seen her in the OP, which I low-key hope we hadn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but we see her in the OP and I think like it's really cool that we're from Zenitsu's perspective in this moment because he's petrified. Sure. Um, and then he has some really, really cool moments, but maybe we should take a break here and just so talk about that. Me- I do want to ask you one thing. So, yeah. you know, the demon is revealed to us, and I'm blanking on her name. Maki. Maki. Is it is it insinuated that she is the Oiron for all three of the houses they're, they're in? The three boys? Dude, that's it. And she's, like, hopping from... Because at one point she's in Zenitsu, but she's also clearly involved. Or maybe she was just at the, the house that Inosuke was at at the but, time, and then she came back to where Zenitsu was? That, that's a really good question. I don't know, because... Um, it was daylight, so how would she travel from one house to the other? I mean, I guess underground solves that problem very easily. And they do send up that she's been here for quite some time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so 
I, I, I can't imagine that like the town wouldn't put together if she was an Oiran at all three. But then she, maybe not. She can mod- she can modify her face though. Duh, right. Like, right. You know, I forgot. Like because it shows her, and it, it kind of goes back. We kind of jumped over for a moment, but at the beginning, like the black and white cold open, it was kind of interesting because you're kind of left with like, so what is this? You know, like what what are you presenting to us? But then, that, it's crazy so how they gave us the hint for everything. You know, just mm-hmm. how it's like you know generation of generation of people catching on and confronting the demon, and you know it's ugh, man they dialed up the horror in this like when they set up the moments of when the demon like lets herself out yeah insane i wonder how long muzan has been around that is interesting i wonder if that might have been a detail we could have missed you know i don't know if they've ever said it specifically no eh? because i feel like the dude i always forget his name like the grandmaster guy with the scarred face yeah i feel like he's been around for a minute yeah he would he would provide some lore at some point so in my in my we have seen shockingly little of that guy and, yes. like, in my head, there's going to be a lore dump or an exposition dump from him mm-hmm. at some point. Um, but, like, in my head, I was kind of thinking that him and Muzan were, like, matched in some way. Mm. Like, maybe they started fighting. But, obviously, that's impossible because we've got demons that are over 100 years old. Yeah. And, presumably, like, the leader of the Demon Slayer Corps is not immortal. In fact, he's talking about how he's going to die soon at the end of the movie. Mm. Also, quick theory, and this seems rock solid, which is, I'll probably be wrong... Um, does it seem like a fair assessment that he was in the process of being turned into a demon and he somehow stopped it? Like, that's why his face is, like, half mummified and he's blind? Oh. That's a like f- that. fair theory, that's right? That's a fun one. That's a fair theory. I like that. That's a fun one. I don't I know. That one before. I don't know how he would have done it. And he's got, like, the two creepy little girls and he's, like, frail and, like, hmm. maybe it's killing him. I, I don't fucking know. I don't know. Um, but I'm sure there's look, look, something look there. Look forward to uh, us being uh, proven wrong in your scum. But yeah, <laughs> or who knows? But but so again, back to Zenitsu. So the scene, you know, his I guess one of the climactic points with him is when, you know, the the Oiron shows up or you know Maki shows up. We don't they don't know her as Maki, and there you know there's the back and forth confrontation. He, but he grabs her. Yeah. Were you like I was stunned. I was like, oh, he's like he's dead. Like how does he get away with that? You know. Yeah, I think like. Um he's so clearly the only one in the room who hasn't like learned to fear her yes um but like with history but because he's a demon slayer Mm. he already knows like we we have the privilege of hearing his internal monologue he knows he's in danger which was awesome yes him assessing the situation like oh i didn't hear her coming in or you know like the a, a human the one that i really liked is um humans don't sound like that yes and that would be him you know like that's yeah. his wheelhouse right like i'm sure you know tanger would have smelled her before kind of thing you know he wouldn't have picked up on the voice totally so yeah that's a really good point um so i don't i i that was like probably his biggest character progression or development moment mm-hmm. because like he like sort of he saves slash protects nezuko in the movie but he's asleep yes. right like um so it sort of counts sort of doesn't because he's li- i don't know if it counts a ton if you're unconscious when you play the hero mm-hmm. <laughs> um but yeah he has like this cool moment when he hears the girl crying his first instinct is like go help the girl crying mm-hmm. and then when the girl's being mistreated his instinct is like even though i know he actually knows he says to himself it's probably an upper rank demon yes um and he knows that and he tries to help her anyway mm-hmm. um love that whole moment also and, the scene, oh, I guess this jumps no, no, ahead, you're good, but you're like good. The, the Maki pulling the girl by the ear. Ugh. Oh, I, I guess that's what leads to, you know, to, to Zenitsu grabbing the Maki's arm. 
because she's holding up this little girl by her earlobe and the blood going down her face. I was like, oh, that looks painful. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, it was like separating the ear from the head. It was very gross. I yeah. didn't enjoy that. Um, okay, so she knocks his ass out. Um, should we, if we're doing everybody's arc one at a time, should we talk about what happens when he wakes up? Or do you want to save that for the end? We should say that for the end because that's one of the coolest moments in yeah, the show. There's a fun after, yeah, yeah, there's a fun after credit scene involving Zenitsu that we'll get to towards the end. I do like Mackie's line as well. Like after she hits him and she's kind of like walking or like yeah. removing herself from the situation, she's like, oh, like that, you know, like the fact that he put his guard up and maybe that's why like he puts himself to sleep like that. Mm. It's just to kind of put himself in like a, a protective state or like a stasis kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And she immediately picked up on that. And I think that's what screwed him over. In, in the yeah. I think she would have come for him anyways, but... He braced for impact. Like, maybe that would have killed a regular person. I, I don't know. I think she makes a line of, like, that wasn't that hard of a hit. But the yeah. way he the way he took it, I think, was, like, the key, or the key thing for her. Yeah. I, uh, God, yeah, she's a she's an interesting character. Um, maybe before we talk about her, we should get to Inosuke. Because mm-hmm. the episode, sort of, last episode ends with him. This episode starts with him. It is super weird seeing him talk like i think that's intentional by the show but it is super fucking weird um but how cool was that chase scene in the brothel it was so like it's so weird to say this like the the direction of this scene dude you're right the transitions were what should have been a very blurry hard to watch scene was not you know like you were with him the time you like when he sped up you like the camera went with him at that time when he slowed down like everything slowed with him it was just it was really it was very cinematic it felt yes. like a scene out of a movie you're, honestly like a big budget scene you're totally right clearly a 3d extremely well done 3d environment because like mm-hmm. demon slayer i think is leading when it comes to like 3d environments mm-hmm. um but yeah like it like the camera pov like you, you took the words out of my mouth like uh it's extremely cinematic well directed and like the point of view work that they did is so cool also the sound design of like the sound of like the floor or the walls like creaking as presumably mm. she's like running behind them yeah chasing like chasing like yeah. following the feet the, or the footsteps yeah. or whatever. yeah you know what it remind me of it's kind of like um like a horror movie like uh like a godzilla type loch ness monster types like something scary under the water and like you know how the water like ripples it reminded me of Alien. That's what I was thinking of. Oh, yeah. You know, like the xenomorph is up in the pipes and the beams above them, and they're, they're kind of tracking it down and stalking them. Or it's kind of reversed in the situation, but out of sight, right? But they're in, in inside. I don't know. It's This this episode has just been eye candy. Like, even the stuff with Zenitsu, you know, the like last episode and this, like, they're putting these major Sakuga moments every single episode so far. Yeah. It's... The confidence they have in their product, you know, it's they it's swing. Kinda, yeah, they take and these are big swings. This whole they have a lot of confidence. Incredible. Yeah. yeah, you can feel that. Like, and I'm really curious. I'd love to hear because like we're we're learning so much about the industry, um, vis-a-vis like Mappa, and yeah. you know, uh, it seems like you hear more details sometimes when things don't go well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd love to hear like how like how big is the animating uh how big is the team working on this how long do they have mm. especially and how many um what do you call it like how many frames per minute how many drawings per minute if you compare it to other shows i'd be really curious to like to hear some of that inside baseball because demon slayer is so fucking good to look at mm-hmm. um nsk doesn't get her but he he's does manage though. to he's close. he is and you know he probably doesn't know in that moment what he's up against 
he's just being himself trying to help just like but like Zenitsu, same thing. Zenitsu just rose to the occasion. Yeah. Knew he was getting himself in trouble. And I think Inosuke was in the same. Like, they really, it's so, you know, it, going back to the first episode of this arc, they hit the moments of like Zenitsu when it was going on missions and he wasn't crying about it. You know, he yep. was confident going by himself. Good point. And Inosuke too, like it shows, they mentioned the growth and now we are seeing the growth. And it's, you know, it's it seems obvious when when you say it out loud, but it's like mm-hmm. just to see, the, you know, the fruit of their spoils or, or spoils you know you know what i'm getting at but yeah fruit of their labor yeah yeah fruit of their labor there we go nailed it um but yeah man it, it also uh, you know what i just realized is we never see makio again uh oh i suppose so we never see the wife so do you hmm. think daki killed her as Zenitsu or as inosuke approached because he doesn't find a body there you go. There's another mystery. No, that's true because he kind of that's the scene. So I guess you know before yeah. he goes on the chase, he opens up the door from last episode. Yeah. And oh, also too, when he throw <laughs> when he grabbed the bowl of ramen and he threw it at the ceiling, I was yeah. like, of course Inosuke would throw a bowl of soup. You know, what I, <laughs> you know, like he would throw that at the ceiling. I thought it was so funny. That was a good moment. But, uh, yeah, it's so I don't know. I, I hadn't thought of that. Maybe Macchio is. That's interesting. It I would was, be. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I I would never. I'm not gonna criticize something before it happens, but it would maybe be slightly unbelievable or a little bit silly if all three of Tengen's wives are held captive by the demon and found out, and like we miraculously save all three with no casualties. Sure. Um, well, that that torch because you know we get moments of a torture scene. Ugh. Yeah. And you know, there's you know she's interrogating her, she's interrogating her. Also, there's a scene with the mouth. You know, she's like talking from the darkness. Yeah. It reminded me of Full Metal. You know, it's um. Uh oh, of the dwarf in the flask. Yes. Yeah. Just like the in his you know, original like, form, in the yeah. 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 So it reminded me of that, like elements of that, and I was oh, like, yeah. oh, so so cool. But when the interrogation kind of leads to like almost the fin- you know the finality, and before Inosuke kind of interrupts, mm-hmm. I was like, I bet you that doesn't feel good. Like the yeah. Just the way they drew the tightening of the ribbons around like her waist and her stomach, mm-hmm. and just like the line of like, if you speak, like I will destroy every organ in your body. It, like, it's yeah. specific, right? Like, yeah. it's not like I'm gonna kill you. It's like I'm gonna rip your organs apart. Like, those yeah. are specific. And you see, like, you know, just where the lines are drawn. That was very effective. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't mentioned the best Inosuke moment. There's two. He he hits dumb guy. Yeah. Uh, poor oh, poor yes, fella. Yes. But then also walking in on him doing yoga. <laughs> Trying to, like, get more with the earth. Yeah. Uh, he's hilarious. Like, yeah. his whole beast... Do you remember season one? Like, his beast breathing or fang breathing or whatever mm-hmm. the hell it is. He puts the swords in the ground to help them find where the demons are in the forest. He's got a radar. Love it. Yeah. So you can tell he's trying to get attuned or whatever. And he was, saying, he was complaining earlier, but, like, his clothes mm. weren't... I can't move. <laughs> So I can't my, they dull my senses too much. There's going to be a moment where he just rips off his clothes and people that's realize what I thought he's a boy. Was, I, thought, I thought in that moment that's what he was going to do. He's just going to rip everything off and like proceed with the hunt. But yeah, it's uh, yeah. God, man, it's you know, it's nice because you know Tanjiro has had all these awesome moments and all these moments of growth and like we've had these moments with the other two, but like in this episode alone, we have gotten so much progression. It's it's just so nice to see like the whole cast like getting their fair you know the fair swing of things. Like they all have, but it's these are like top tier moments. I feel like if they threw in a Tanjiro one as well, it would have kind of maybe pulled away 
from the other two. You know what I mean? That's a really good point because with, there is shocking, shockingly little Tanjiro in this the episode. Most com- the only comedy we really get in the episode is Tanjiro like doing housework. Which yeah, is, I could watch for twenty minutes. Like. Yeah. So actually, if we're talking about everybody's uh, arcs, like in this episode, his is really just um, him being ultra productive, doing all of his chores faster than they can give him mm. them. And then at the end of the episode, he's thinking to himself, "There's a murky scent in the air," mm. and that's all of Tandro's arc in the whole episode. That's all we get. So maybe we should talk about like my favorite arc of the episode, and that's Docky. Like her whole. Every scene she's in, I think, is, like, mm-hmm. extremely good. Um, I'm trying to think about it. Daki. I was calling her Maki earlier. <laughs> it's so, it's, many, it, so many new names. It's because she... So, Daki is the, the uh, upper demon, but yeah. Makio is... is the wife. I was, I was, One of the wives. I was getting confused with them, too. Um, so, I think as she's being... Yeah, okay, this is the scene I'm thinking of. As she's being confronted by Zenitsu, before she knocks his ass out, mm. there's a flashback. Yes. Fun animation style, too, of her being confronted by Madame Oitsu, I think. Yeah. Uh, Madame of the house that she's in. And that's there. this is like an amazing scene with like the, what do you call that? Like the color, um, selective color use. It's like a black and white scene again, but there's only, only the red things in the room are illuminated. Mm-hmm. And uh, Madame Oitsu just sort of goes on this whole, like, my... Was it her grandmother that told her about it? Or or I think mom? it was another madam. Or it was someone someone from her village, I think, along those lines. Or somewhere she used to work. But, yeah. I think this is going yeah. back to the flat... Like, what the episode opened to. Is someone walking in accusing the the Oiron of something. And then it kind of cuts to, you know, Zenitsu doing his thing. Yeah. Um. So she... And this actually... This goes to what we were just saying about... How old is Daki? How long have these people been around? Because she's like, oh, there's this girl um, who's talking about... Um, there's this girl whose name always ends with Hime. Mm. And she, you know... It, or I think it's the name she's currently going by is Warabi Hime. Warabi Hime. And uh, anyway, uh, I think she basically just sets the stage for saying... You know, this girl's been around for a long time... She has attitude, and bad things seem to happen when she's around. And this lady's sort of connecting the dots. Well, they all, yeah. So they also set it up that like she go. I think she might go away for a while, and comes back. And it's always like a similar. Yeah. It's, it's almost like a lineage kind of thing, and how they always have specific traits that repeats from one to the other. It's always the consistencies, and then that's where they mention the name thing too. The he always ends with the he may, and oh, you know, again the the courage on this woman without even realizing what she's getting herself into that. And that's the real scary part. You know, it's, it's like, you know, it's like Tanjiro with Muzan in the middle of the street. Like they just don't know who they're like walking up to. Yeah. Terrifying to watch. Absolutely terrifying. Yeah. And <laughs> that murder scene, like, yeah, well, it's it crazy. Cause it, it's a th- like, we've seen that it's been mentioned, you know, we saw, you know, people were talking about the suicides and to see like for them to show it, I was like, that was, mm. Love that. Yeah. So they show, like, they're really doing it. They're handling this very, very well, I think. Um, Also, like, I I feel like we should mention, like, um, generally speaking, I'm not really a fan. I don't think you are either. But, like, the kind of over-sexualization of characters, especially, like, the weeby shit. Mm -hmm. um, They seem to be doing, like, it's 
a very what would the word be grant like a it's very fitting right sure like you can tell this is from the source material the environment um, they're in too right like the environment yeah. none of this feels cheap none of it feels like they're going for like the easy laugh. no jokes are being made you know, no yeah no they're not making light of it for the, you know the the sexual nature of it all yeah. yeah um so anyway i think it's all it's all pretty cool um that friggin murder scene is so great but then obviously it leads into my favorite scene of the episode where she drops her from the sky we get like the reveal of her eyes there by the way like yep. the upper six right mm-hmm so that, would that make her the weakest of the six then? The weakest of the six, yeah. Okay, because Akaza was number three, right? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Okay, so maybe... And he was tough. That dude was real tough. <laughs> he's extremely tough. And am I right in saying a Hashira has never... Ki- we've never killed an upper six, right? They've remained... Un- well, maybe not never, but I remember at the end of season one, Muzan said, like, they've remained unchanged for centuries. I believe so, because they said usually it takes, like, two, two Hashiras... To yeah. take on like one of the lower, yeah. Or it's no problem for two to take on a lower, like one of the lower moons. Yeah. So I think that yeah, no, I don't think they've touched any of these okay. guys. Um, well, that would that would make more sense to her like running the show here for an extended like for centuries, right? Like over you know generation to generation of like her playing this Oiron type role, you know, it kind of fits to them, you know, her her being in her position for such a long time. But to show how terrifying she is and she's the weakest really just puts things into perspective. Yeah. Like, she's terrified. Like, actually terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's fucking terrifying, man. Um, Muzon is in the room. Killing it this season. Dude, it's so good. I, okay, so also, we don't know... Well, no, I think we do. I think we can probably safely say... Okay, no. I'm interrupting myself with my own thoughts, but here's what my problem is. I'm thinking about episode one and Muzon being in the boy form... Mm-hmm. And now I'm thinking of him being back to Michael Jackson form. Sure. And I was trying to think, like, how quickly is he going between both forms? Um, but now I'm realizing, like, there was a time skip in episode one, right? Yes. Of four, four months. months. Okay, so. Yeah. Not that, I don't know if that matters a ton. Maybe he's, maybe he's given up that, that you know, uh, I guess, disguise for the time being. Or he, he can probably just come and go as he wants. Like I'm sure he can play mind games with the people, like the his adopted parents. You know what I mean? Yeah. So okay. So anyway, yeah. Um, he's in her room, and they do the same thing that they did with Akaza, or at least they do a very similar thing that they do the with Akaza. Yeah. Well, wait. You go. Well, just the way, like the way he's like buttering her up. You know, he goes like, yes. You know, he's currently, you know, he could be playing, maybe not pitting the children against one each other. But, you know, saying, like, I see great things of you and, like, you know, oh, I see what you're doing here and, like, sneaky, sneaky, you know, like, it's, it was, he was egging her on to do more, but, like, but don't get too confident and, like, reminding her of, like, who he is kind of, that was kind of the vibe, like, and it's funny, too, because she put in the, almost the exact same role as Akaza. It was, like, quiet. It was one-word answers. It wasn't getting too overconfident. It wasn't trying to, like, you know, mm-hmm. it was, it was just, it was so fascinating, like, the contrast between the two. I think, yeah, so I agree, obviously, he's treating them very, very differently. I think what I meant, what I was going to say in terms of it being the same is, like, you just immediately feel the power dynamic shift. Yes. Like, I love that, like, a her cause... Voice, her voice went down. Dude, voice acting from Daki. Submissive, yeah. Uh, like, also, like, when she decks Zenitsu and then, like, decides to dial it back and say, oh, sorry, everybody, I might have reacted, like 
harshly. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing with the voice. Like the voiceover work is really, really incredible there. Um, just like how she can shift and it, you feel like the mood change is so palpable. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's this incredible scene with uh, Muzan and I, I loved this scene. It was my favorite scene of the whole episode. He steals, um, he steals every scene that he's in. He's like, an incredible he's, voice actor too, whoever's doing yeah. him. She's killed seven Hashira. Mm-hmm. Impressive. I wonder how many Akaza's killed. Because he, he mentioned that he's killed plenty, but he had never killed a flame Hashira for, before. Mm. Um, oh, that's true. Yeah, he did. Yeah. But, so... That's a lot. And, like, it's yeah. crazy because we've had the time with, you know, Ren- Rengoku and just how intense and powerful he was. And to, like, for her to have killed seven, you know, it almost wonders, like, if she is taking them one-on-one or if she's, you know being you know working from the i guess like demons do that they work from the like from the shadows and all that but she seems to be more of like she's luring people yeah versus like one-on-one like attacking them you know it's there's it's a lot of planning and i think that's what um muzan likes how deceptive Mm -hmm. she is and how like the control she has but the warnings too like that might have been a little too tongue like on the nose Mm -hmm. it's just like be careful like you know at any time like like a hashira will smell you out in a second and it's like, you know, Tengen's off in the distance probably doing God knows what. But yeah, it's uh, no, a great scene, though. Really, really good scene, man. I love that. And I, I love that, like, he hasn't, like, even though the dynamic is different, like, he's still be like, I want you to become more cruel. Yeah. More powerful. Like, there's still more goals for you to hit kind of thing. Um, oh, wait, there's one major reveal that we missed. Because after that scene, uh, and, like, we, I don't know when we should have talked about this. But she's in, you know, doing her makeup, and she's talking to the little girls, saying, you did a good job of luring him here. Did you catch that? I caught that when I was doing my notes. No, I don't think I did catch that. So, okay, yeah, so I missed it the first time, but she's reminiscing, she's thinking to herself after the Muzan scene, um, that, you know, he's saying, like, beware about demon slayers and stuff, right? Yeah. And then she's doing her makeup. And she says, you did a good job luring him here. Just keep bringing them all to me. And I'll happily kill and devour them all. And she's talking to the little girls. Like the girl that was crying that Zenitsu found. Oh. So my guess is they're in on it. I don't know if they're demons or if they're just terrified of her and doing her bidding a little bit. Similar to like kind of how maybe like lower one in the movie was kind of using people like under the guise of helping them. Okay. Like almost like vampires. They yeah. Like familiars and... Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that was uh, something I did not catch in the in my first watch. Wow, completely um, went over my head. Yeah. Yeah, really, really, really killer. Um, and then, should we talk about the after credits now? Terrifying, my guy. Really, really well done. Um, like really happy go lucky scene. And I was wondering myself, I was like, so what's the point of this after credits? Like, if like the tone is like this, mm-hmm. and then second, you know, that like one second before, not even like half a second before the credits cut. Um, he it looks like uh, Zenitsu's grabbed by by Maki, or he definitely is. It's her robes doing their billowy roby thing. God. So yeah, we're in the business now, man. We are in the thick of it. I think. Okay, maybe not call it a theory, but do you feel like at this point Tenkin's gonna have to assert his dominance, or one of the wives is gonna show up, like the one that's maybe associated to, you know, the house Zenitsu is in. Is going to mm-hmm. swing to this, you know, because I cannot see him getting away from this on his own. Yeah, I, 
Yeah, I think maybe Tengen or and or a wife. I, I don't know. Or maybe Inosuke. Someone's going to help him. He's not going to die. I mean, imagine no, he no, did. No, definitely not. <laughs> imagine he did, though. That would be wild. Like, after all this, like, growth. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I would have to assume. So, what, do you think, then, that means that we get right into the... I don't know if we get in the main fight this early in the season. No, but at least a tease of like, you know, like it's no, everyone's presence is known, you know, like it could be them kind of running loose because, you know, because that could be a thing too, where they just start disrupting the entertainment district. You know, they've isolated the, you know, the upper, you know, the upper demon and they just start going balls to the walls, chasing after her and tearing up the city because it would be weird not to see like the motion of these characters, right? Like they're yeah. meant to be moving and all that. And it's, it's been very cramped quarters. So we're bound to get something like that, but whether it's now or later, who knows? But um, yeah, man, I'm I'm really really excited for next week's episode. It's this episode blew my mind. Like it's you know every week we watch it and like the show is tremendous. Like that's that's nothing new. That's not an original thought. But there's just something about this episode. It was just you know it was just out of the park. Like everything beginning to end. There was no slow points. There was no kind of lame cheesy joke that kind of spoiled something. You know it was just it was just dialed up. It was just a solid ten. Yeah. Fucking killer, man. Um, all right, I think we can probably stop there for now, right? Yeah, I believe so. Okay, awesome. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back, I think, next week around this time. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if Demon Slayer is changing anything with their schedule for the holidays. Uh, if not, we'll do our best to cover it. Usually these ones come out on uh, on Wednesdays. Uh, and then on Fridays, uh, check out the post show where we talk about everything else that we're watching. Um yeah i think uh that's it check out all social media related things find us on instagram like comment subscribe do the appropriate social media thing on the appropriate social media platform thank you very much for listening bye guys cheers